0: Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today in the food business. And you guys are going to learn about this really awesome new company called Loca Foods. And you're going to be hungry after you hear about... What Lauren Joyner has been creating and pushing out to market. And I I just have to say, I was so excited um, to meet Lauren. And I can just tell you that in the time we had before I hit record, I got even more excited because of her energy and just enthusiasm for this space. So, hey, Lauren, it's so great to have you on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Justin. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. I
0: Super couldn't even wait.
1: For yeah, <laughs>
0: this is so great. I, I'm so excited to to learn more about you and your background and kind of how you, you found your path to the food business. Because I mean, you didn't start off in it and I can't wait to unpack that. But um, let's see. So doing my homework on you, uh, love your background in design and technology um, and brand. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about that before we hit record. You've done some work in, with design thinking, which is one of my favorite. Favorite like, <laughs> methodologies to use. And oh, you're funny. We place. could even talk Amazing. about that a little bit. You're but, gonna um, know
1: all my secrets. Like, I love it.
0: Me <laughs> I mean, seriously, I can't even wait to unpack this. So, so let's do this. Before we get to Loka, um, talk about your background and just, get, you know, how you even got close to starting your own business.
1: Yeah, I. I would love to. Um, you know, my my background, as you mentioned, it, it's not in food. I had I knew nothing about this industry up until about three years ago. So I'd love to kind of start at the beginning. Do it. Um, let's see. How far back should I go? <laughs> uh, I'll start with I'll start with college. So um, I actually I, I studied studio art in college, uh, of all things, back in 2009 is when I graduated, and uh, I began my career. Actually, as a brand and a visual designer. Interesting. Uh, so Great space to first- be in. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I went to school in Memphis and ended up moving down to New Orleans shortly after graduation. And I got really fortunate to connect with this uh, very new at the time startup accelerator program down there called the Idea Village. Interesting. Um, okay. They were created as this initiative to encourage more businesses and startups to come to the South. And, you know, the, the goal was to really have New Orleans be kind of the, the hub. Um, and so I joined their team as a creative partner for their first kind of batch of uh, startups going through this accelerator. And that was really cool because I got to help these early stage startups with everything from branding to a little bit of web design to even like a little bit of mobile app, you know, UI design. Um, And that was just a really cool experience. And it was kind of my first taste, I think, of entrepreneurship, really. And from there, uh, I went on and got a really great opportunity with the New England Startup Fund. They had created... Uh, this program called Power Moves NOLA. And it was specifically created uh, with the goal of elevating entrepreneurs of color. Oh, wow. And so I got to work with them on really building their brand from the ground up. And, you know, my time in New Orleans was just wonderful. Obviously, you know, food, music, the whole scene down there was really incredible. And from a career standpoint, you know, it was a great way to kick things off as a new uh, designer. And then, you know, after a few years, I moved to San Francisco and this was 2014. I had always loved San Francisco. I had always loved California. I had a step-sibling who had lived out here for a while. And you know, we visited when I was a teenager and I was just super you know, enamored by the city. Sure. And so when I moved here uh, originally, I started out working full-time. I completely switched from freelancing and, and went in-house full-time for a cybersecurity company called Lookout. Oh, uh, and now was good. just... incredible experience. It was my first experience working in tech in-house, and I joined their design team and again, was working more on the visual and brand design side of things. Uh, And then from there, I transitioned to uh, product design and started working as one of the first senior designers at a mobile app startup called Crew. And my experience there was was really incredible. I joined at a time where the company was super, super small and the CEO wanted to appoint the three designers to really run each product team, and so I sat on a team with you know a couple of back-end engineers, front end engineer, a sales and a web uh, web developer, and we were sort of leading you know the uh, initiatives each quarter. And the CEO uh, at Crew nominated me to join Sequoia Capital's uh, new program that they had created called the Ascent Program, and I joined as a mentee to start out, and they were really highlighting and kind of uh, educating and helping emerging female leaders in tech, and uh, Sequoia Capital was a big investor in Crew at the time, so that was kind of the connection there. Oh, got it. And my experience going to. This- through this program, kind of like solidified everything that I had learned in my design career, you know, kind of putting all the pieces together, um, really kind of taking things uh, a step further, you know, not just executing, but really thinking about um, everything from like setting and managing and, you know, working toward OKRs and um, really applying design thinking, you know, from the from the top down and um you know it was it was incredible and i loved my career in design i loved it so much and you know not kidding when i say that i had no intention to ever leave it you know i kind of had i'd always spend my whole career just working up uh, in design and i had always you know envisioned myself being a head of design at, at a tech company at some point um but you know at the same time that i was kind of growing in my career my diet was also evolving and I mentioned <laughs> to you before we joined, I am also a fellow Southerner. I grew up in Arkansas yep. and, you know, I, I'm sure you can relate to this, but, you know, growing up in the South, I ate a lot of, you know, meat and dairy heavy meals True. and I ate a lot of <laughs> cheese dip and I call it <laughs> cheese dip in Arkansas, but I know everywhere else, everyone calls it queso, depending on, you know, what right. state you live in.
0: I would say, uh, you
1: know, I had kind of so. started evolving my diet, you know, after college, you know, I started making these connections between how the food we eat really impacts, you know, our health and how we feel. It impacts the environment, and I started to, you know, become more educated on, um, also, you know, animal well welfare and worker welfare and factory farms, and all of these things were kind of hitting me at once. And I, you know, started out eating pescatarian and then eating more vegetarian, and honestly, it you know, it was years just hooked on cheese. It it took me forever to give up cheese, but I finally gave up uh, cheese and specifically cheese dip and eventually transitioned to a fully, fully plant based diet. And, you know, I realized when I made the switch and I was telling friends and family back home that I was, you know, eating a plant based diet. Now I was really pleasantly surprised by their reactions, you know, most of my friends and family were asking me, you know, well, how do I eat more vegetables? How do I incorporate these foods in my diet? And I kept hearing, you know, kind of uh, something that kept coming up all the time, which was, you know, Lauren, I can, I can give up the meat thing. I could see myself doing that, but I can never give up cheese. Like that's just not going to happen. There's no good right. I mean, cheese. who doesn't
0: love good. cheese, right? But I right? know, I know <laughs> some people can't eat cheese. I totally get it for all those listening, rolling their eyes right now. Yes, go ahead.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I started hearing feedback and then I realized that I've got a couple of family members that also have nut allergies. And so at the time there were no nut free cheeses available on the market. So I realized there was this gap in the market just purely from that standpoint. So just sort of kind of mulling over this idea and just dabbling in my kitchen at home while I was still working full time. And I landed on cheese dip because, you know, this was <laughs> something that I was super hooked on growing up. Yep. Um, it was really hard for me to give up. And I felt like while a lot of the uh, plant-based quesos on the market are very delicious, they are primarily made with cashews. Oh. And they just didn't have that like super kind of like processed, gooey, Right. The best chunky. part of
0: it. Right. <laughs>
1: Flavor totally. that I was, I was going for. I'm definitely and gonna have some cheese dip tonight. Like <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> exactly. I'll probably have some loca myself. <laughs> I know.
0: I bet you will.
1: <laughs> My own product.
0: I gotta get some uh, loca, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs>
1: You know, and I taking it a step further, I also realized that there was virtually no one that was even attempting to to market the stuff from a food service perspective. It was all retail and, you know, ma- basically Whole Foods and sure. kind of these high-end retailers. So and why is that?
0: Guy. Is it because it's just, it was plant-based? You know what I mean? Ooh, or is yeah. it like, what? why do you think no one yet was approaching the category?
1: You know what, Justin? Like, I'm almost like, I hate to highlight it publicly because I feel like it's one of these things that it's like, just sitting there, you know? Um, I, 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 don't have a great answer for it. You know, That's um, interesting. Hmm. there's, there's not a lot of companies. Uh, I, th- I think a lot of food startups, I might s- say it this way, they tend to majority start in, um, you know, e-commerce or retail first. That's right. And service is, is seems to be sort of an afterthought for whatever reason. Um, you know, so I'm not sure. That's um, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know.
0: I mean, in the last year, dig into. yeah. In yeah. the last year, I think a lot of larger food and beverage companies have gone through skew rationalization. So they have actually been heading the mm-hmm. opposite direction of kind of eliminating and reducing the skew count. Um, yeah. And primarily because of just the supply chain impact you know, during COVID and whatnot. But, um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, totally. but at the same time, there's so many, it's such a great market right now for food and beverage startups be, to be new entrants and and challenging um, and meeting new consumer needs. You know what I mean? And so I think it's an exciting time for like companies like yours
1: thank you uh, you know absolutely I, I i think so too and um you know i mean we can we can get into this later i I'm probably am jumping ahead but um you're absolutely right and i'll i'll share more about kind of my pre-covid plans and uh, <laughs> <Nice>. post-covid plans <laughs> which Got will it. kind of talk into that question <laughs> okay
0: perfect well i'm gonna segue towards that right now um so you've been you were experimenting at home when did you go from I'm making something that I like, and this tastes good too. Okay. I'm going to actually package something and figure out how to make a saleable product.
1: (laughs) Well, I, you know, I started in a commercial kitchen and it happened because I was actually chatting with a, a friend of mine who had also left her tech career to start a food company of all things. And, um, she had told me about this commercial kitchen space in San Mateo called kitchen town. Uh, I reached out, I pitched them my product and the owners and the, um, I think it was the the lead uh, food scientist there. They loved it. They loved what I had made, my sort of like scrappy, you know, product from my kitchen. And they said, you know what? We think you're onto something. You should definitely join, learn the ins and outs of the kitchen and, and you know, learn how to scale this thing. Um, and so that was kind of my first like little nod, like, okay, maybe I've got something here, you know? And um I spent, you know, I spent the first few months. I mean, I had so much to learn for context, you know, I'd never worked in a commercial kitchen. Right.
0: It's I all new for you. Places,
1: like, how do I use a three part sink? And, you know, it was very <laughs> <Three-part> embarrassing.
0: Three part sink. <laughs> That's you so know? Funny. I am wearing
1: a head, you know, a hairnet and I'm getting water all over myself. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Luckily, you know, people in the kitchen are being really kind and, and helping me out. Um, you know, along the way. But you know, I was learning everything from scratch. And um, you know, everything from from food science 101 to uh food regulations, specifically in California, sure. how to scale a formula, you know, kind of literally every single thing. Um, and so that was kind of my first, you know, bit of traction. And then my biggest kind of like moment where I was like, you know, this this can really scale and grow beyond just this one right. product, big company. I, I got really fortunate. Um, I was the first local was the first plant based nacho sauce to be offered at Oracle Park baseball stadium here in San Francisco. Oh wow! Um, the the culinary team there, Bon Appetit, they had got wind of my product. They were specifically looking for a plant based queso to pair with Impossible. Um, <laughs> they wanted to test it out in the garden, to see you know if if consumers were going to buy it, and just hadn't found anything that they liked. They tried my product, um, loved it, brought it in pretty quickly. Wow. And from there, I was fortunate to get into the cafeteria at the university of San Francisco. Um, it got into just corporate tech campuses like Nvidia I was doing events at Airbnb, wow. you know, kind of so, on and so forth. And, you know, when this was all happening, um, it was really just some amazing traction. I think, you know, when this was happening, it was kind of the moment, like, okay, right. you know,
0: There's something real here, years. but yeah. okay. But how, how did you figure out like how to package the product, how to, you know, okay. Putting that much product out in a market, you know, in, in a stadium yeah. or whatnot, that's not a simple proposition. You can't just bake that up and send it over. Like how did you right. sort through kind of production?
1: Oh yes. Um, well, it hasn't always been the most glamorous. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's okay.
0: Has, I love it, that.
1: <laughs> it's evolved, and you know, this might tie into kind of design thinking. But uh, you know, and you'll understand this. But the design thinking process at its at its core, right? You're solving problems by creating like human centered design, right? And the core of design thinking is just the ability to pivot at any moment, and sure ask the right questions, know how to ask the right questions. You're like defining the problem, ideating, prototyping, and then sort of starting over. Right. And I think I was, you know, honestly, subconsciously applying my design thinking, because I was so used to doing this for 10 years to this food company. Um, and that, you know, I was thinking about it like testing. So, you know, I would, I would come up with kind of a, uh, um a, a plan um and a reasoning behind it a rationale what are either some stats or why am i doing this um you know kind of define the problem create something almost like a, a, a prototype or a v1 test it get feedback and then kind of go back and create you know v2 sure. um i'm still very much doing that right now and i was applying that you know sort of process to th- this whole thing and you know this is not something that i've shared often with a lot of people but i've taken on a lot of work my, myself, not because of any reason, purely because I'm just simply a very curious person. My thinking is that, you know, if I can understand the ins and outs of everything that kind of runs the business, then, you know, that will allow me to be much better equipped um, as a leader, you know, as the company grows. And I also just, I just enjoy, you know, learning new things all the time and, you know, trying as many things as possible with all the kind of you know boring administrative work that comes with getting a startup off the ground sure You know, learning, um, how to formulate and, and understanding food science or, you know, building a website or photography, um, any, any of that, it's just purely fun. And I know, you know, I knew from the beginning, you know, if things go well, I won't always have the luxury to do all of these things forever. And so I've sort of been cherishing this time where I can kind of get my hands dirty and everything. Um, and I think, you know, to add to that, we just, you know, we've Google it's like, you know, we live in incredible (laughs) times where. So true. You know, it's amazing that you can just learn so much on your own if you just put in the time or you have the, you know, curiosity. And I ask a lot of questions. And Justin, I cringe when I look back at some of the early questions that I asked, you know, when my network was very limited. Right. But
0: you didn't know I mean, that's part of getting yeah. started, right? <laughs> you just...
1: don't know what you don't know. Exactly. But you ask a lot of dumb questions. And but then you get smarter, you know, and ask totally. questions and the right questions. And I, you know, I I was it was just sort of this this process um at the very beginning was just asking questions, trying to figure out the answers, learning. And making mistakes. You know, okay. And it's still very much part of the process. No, I love that.
0: <laughs> um, and then I, I was reading about your nacho cheese sauce and that it's high in B vitamins, low in calories, <laughs> and free from the top eight allergens, which I think is yes. great. Um so, so but packaging again for a stadium or a <laughs> college is different than packaging for a retail store, right? So Absolutely. what did that yeah. look like? How did you start thinking about that?
1: Yeah. Well, in the early days, the, the approach to packaging is very different uh, than now. So just to kind of share a little bit more about that evolution, when I, when I was setting up this, uh, I ended up setting up this test market when I started getting this traction in the ballpark. Um, and I knew that the packaging, I knew that basically everything I was doing was not going to be the same as what I was going to do a year from now, if things went well, um, if that makes any sense. Sure. Absolutely. So, you know. I knew that I had limited means in the commercial kitchen to produce the formula in a certain way. So when I started out, my formula was very perishable. It had a short shelf life. Um, and I was packaging it in these recyclable sort of plastic tubs. They were little uh, eight, eight or nine ounce tubs for Got it. retail. Got and it. I was making these paper, um, you know, I was having these sleeves printed that I sort of created the dye line for figured out the measurements. And then I would just sort of wrap them and they, and they taped together.
0: That's so that great. Was, You're making do.
1: Yeah. And then the uh the food service was these bulk uh tubs, same same recyclable plastic. Um, and they were the equivalent to a number 10 can in size. So they were pretty substantial. Sure. And then I just made, you know, labels to put around the tub. <laughs> That's and then so was, great. you know, the boxes and I had Cheese sauce. Pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was the you know, the starting. But I knew that eventually I wanted to be in a, you know, glass jar to replicate that. Keto's experience. And right. I knew I wanted to. The pans and
0: pans right? The okay, so service. exactly.
1: But I learned a lot. So when I went into the stadium, something I quickly learned um, great example here to kind of just go off on a quick tangent. So in food service, you know, each outlet has a different setup specifically for nacho cheese. So for example, in a restaurant, they may, they may want the sauce in bags so they can put it on steam tables, Right. Um, in a gas station, they may need to be in a can so they can fit easily in the existing, you know, pump machinery. And then in concession stands, some will want bags and some will want cans, but what's unique about concessions is, you know, the kitchen is usually like on another floor. And then you have people that are physically either carrying or pushing up, you know, versions to, to have, you know, ready to go in this kind of the small section of a, a concession kind of stand. And so for the cheese sauce, I realized like these tubs were frankly kind of a, a pain, you know, they worked with me, but I realized that if I could have it made in either bags or cans, then that would be less, you know, physical work, for the workers to have to drop it in the existing either the soup dispenser or the nacho cheese dispenser. So that was a learning. Um, (laughs) Who
0: knew? I was just
1: (laughs) learning this, you know, kind of along along the way. And now I'm super excited. I've spent the last year actually um, scaling up the formula with a co-manufacturer. And um, now we have a much improved formula. It is shelf stable. It actually has a 12-month shelf life. That's amazing.
0: So, okay, explain to our audience Okay, so shelf stable means it can go on a shelf and won't spoil. Um, exactly. But how did you get the shelf life to be twelve months? That's amazing.
1: Uh, yes, a lot of work. Um, yeah. <laughs> it has really taken like a year, maybe even over a year at this point, a year and some change. Um, you know, it's a lot of R and D. And the, the crazy thing about you know scaling up a, a food product, I think that a lot of consumers don't realize is it's it's just not the same as having a recipe that you make at home and then just right. deciding. Multiply it by a thousand, a thousand doesn't
0: right. work no. you, know, you
1: think that it would work that way, but it, it doesn't. Right. And so, <laughs> you know, there's, there's so many things that you have to modify to fit equipment needs. You have to hit food safety regulations, you That's know, right. um, and you know, if you're acidifying a food, it has to meet even more regulations. California is very regulated as well. Sure. Um, and there was a lot of work honestly to, to go into that and and making sure that it was approved by the CDPH and FDA and all of that. Um, but it's been a process, but I'm, I'm very excited that it's shelf stable because that is a key attribute of dairy nacho cheese sauce. And so <laughs> totally. I knew in my mind when I was selling, you know, my little refrigerated tubs that the goal was to be shelf stable. It was just going <laughs> to take some time. To get there.
0: <laughs> you mentioned, um, you know, learning process. Did you have to lean on any individuals or, or experts in the industry to kind of help you navigate some of that thinking?
1: Hmm. Oh, I mean, absolutely i mean back to the you know like questions yes a hundred percent you know and <laughs> right. i think just this the food industry um you know food is such an emotional thing and just the environment of working in the space whether i'm in the you know back of house in a kitchen or being at a food show there's just so much energy and Everybody is so passionate about what they're doing especially in the mission aligned space and everybody is just so supportive and honestly I mean I wouldn't have accomplished you know any of this without you know support of other founders and of course investors and family and friends but other founders and contacts in this industry have just really propelled me forward and been there for me when I've had, you know, the world's dumbest questions and the smart questions sure. and have just been an emotional support system as well. Um it's just, it's really wonderful to have this community, you know, behind you. And I could I could give you names and a list, but I would oh, probably take up the, the whole
0: time. That's all great. <laughs> um so where are you selling today? And you know, we're coming, we're in a new year now um and things are opening up. Um where are you today? What's your plan for growth?
1: Yes. So January 1st, 2021, this year, just very recently, we officially launched into e commerce. Mm, uh, we are awesome. currently selling only in e commerce, and uh, you can have loca shipped directly to your door by ordering at eatlocafood.com. Um, and we are actually announcing a launch on Good Eggs, which oh. is a California-based uh, delivery uh, food service, really popular here. At the end of the month, and we have a few additional retailers lined up, including a uh, pop-up grocer in Chicago and a few others that I can't say sure. just yet. <laughs> That's and good. That's a good problem. <laughs> I, yes, it is. It is. And you know, I'll also add this uh, since you ask about you know availability. Um, you know, with, with launching an e-commerce, this was not, this is not my plans at all. Right, uh, But no you have out. to make
0: do, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. And it's, it's been kind of an unexpected, pleasant surprise. You know, I had intended to start in food service and then brick and mortar and e-commerce last and now it's sort of reversed. But what's been great about e-commerce is I'm getting you know, real-time data. And so we're actively further improving the formula. And so this next batch that we're getting, mm-hmm. we've implemented more feedback, you know, from customers. And so, um, I think by the time food service, you know, rebounds, hopefully by the fall, we'll be in a really, really great spot. And, um, yeah, stay tuned that's for some cool Yeah, we are going to have you back
0: on now. for sure. <laughs> I'd love it. Um, yeah, for, that's, that's for sure. Um, I always love to ask our guests like what have been two or three of the biggest lessons learned in going through just the process of building a brand and a new business in the space, what would be some advice you'd share with our listeners?
1: Hmm. The first piece of advice that I always like to give is just to stay curious. I think that's probably the most important thing. Um, Yeah, I'll I'll make it simple. I say, stay curious and be patient. You know, uh, we're we're all playing the long game here, and it's a full marathon, maybe even an Ironman. You know, not sprint. (laughs) Right.
0: I love it. That's some great advice. And oh, by the way, I love that you have a spicy one. I like spicy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, our, yeah.
1: our spicy is getting spicier. Justin. I so I, I really have like, like hot.
0: Yeah. I mean, you. like <laughs> lots of five star reviews. Pretty awesome. Um, share with our audience, uh, where I guess you, you, you can go to eatlocafood.com. Um, and that's the best place to get your product today. And then more news yep. coming this year. Uh, yep. any social you want to share Instagram, etc.
1: Oh, yeah, I'd love it. I love it. Um, our social, our Instagram is at eat food. And you can also connect with me directly anytime on LinkedIn. I love to chat with people in the in the space.
0: I love it. And if you go to the website, you can actually register your email and get ten percent off, which is pretty awesome. Yes. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> very, very cool. Hey, um, Lauren, this has been so fun having you on. I can't wait to have you back on. Love the product, um, and it's just excited for you. I think it's gonna be an exciting year and I hope you'll you'll join us again and share all that you've learned and, and all the markets you're into.
1: Thank you so much, Justin.
0: The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com.